Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Doctor Dog. to the class, Gabe to the face, Bobbin for that throbbin, Poopa till you poopa, cheese dick till you be sick, prolapsed anus till you be famous, dickin' for a lickin' that smells like fried chicken, Whalen for that tailin, Wang Chung that fang dung, oh, we're here, I promised uh, James and Will I would read all those and I got through them. Without stuttering once. Silver and Gold, episode 51. We're bringing a little Ultimate Warrior this week. At least half of them. Oh, I am the loaf. With me, the Zalm. Yep. <laughs> Are you still there, sir? Yep. So, yeah, as I said, uh, we'll be covering a couple Ultimate Warrior movies this week. One is actually called... Ultimate Warrior, starring Yul Brenner. The other one, a PM entertainment movie with James Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior, the Warrior himself, called Firepower from 1993. We'll be into those shortly. Zom, um, how are you, sir? Oh, uh, well, we just discussed that. <laughs> All right. Oop, we weren't recording. Uh, uh, what? What? Uh, yeah, everything's great. Ah, <laughs> uh, have a. Shine. Happy people holding, and that's not. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, Shiny happy people holding. I'm burning some incense, finding my Zen center. <sighs> I thought I was getting sick again this week. Left work early, feeling like shit. Nothing ever happened of it. I don't know what's going on. My my body ain't working. Too much cheese, motherfucker. Early, feeling like shit. I took off my clothes and went driving. <laughs> Got some rainwater and the government tried to put me in jail. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, you know, felt, felt like it was going to be a slow week, but I actually had a day off yesterday, so I got some movie watching in. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about what you've been watching first, sir. Okay, let's get down to it. I watched a movie with Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. It was like Catwoman and um, (laughs) Scarface. It was, uh, well, no, wait a minute. Catwoman and Scarface. Actually, this movie starred Catwoman and Scarface. 
Except it was called Frankie and Johnny with Yay. Michelle Pfeiffer and Al Pacino. I don't know that I've seen uh, that one. Oh, it's a nice little movie that a girl would like. <laughs> no, no, no. I liked it. I, I've, I've, I've liked it since I first saw it. I think I saw it um, a long time ago. It's pretty good. Al Pacino is old, and and he he kind of must have started getting fat and like saggy because even though he doesn't look much different than Al Pacino, he actually looks pretty cool for his age. He wears like really baggy clothes, and when he's getting ready to fack uh, the titular Johnny who is a girl. <laughs> uh, he leaves this big baggy uh, wife beater shirt on. So I think he probably had some saggy titties and like, I think that's, like, why, I think that's why Chad McQueen wore the fucking blue shirt. Oh, brutal, brutal. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Definitely in the notes. Uh, well, watched, uh, Kate Blanchett in uh, Charlotte Gray, which is on Netflix Instant Watch. It's a pretty good movie. I had, um, I think I bought my sister or something the book. I think that was a popular book at one time. Uh, she's kind of a, it's a, it takes place during World War II. She's kind of behind the uh, lines uh, looking for something. I don't want to give anything away. But anyway, it's pretty good. I like her. I would fack Kate Blanchett. Oh, God, she's beautiful. Jaw. Uh, she's yeah, pretty young in this one. Uh, next thing I watched was Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Um, I have fucking – the first time I watched this movie, I was like eh, – that was right before I went to the beach, the the night before <laughs> I went. And I was kind of like, Jesus, I can't look at Nicolas Cage. is so fucking over the top. And, uh, and then I have proceeded to watch it like five different times. So <laughs> I must kind of like it. Um, I won't talk any more about that. Next thing I watched was Whip It with Ellen Page, who you hate. No, uh, this I don't movie's hate Ellen Page. Funny. Well, if you watch this, um, it makes you want to get on Netflix and watch roller derby documentaries, which uh. there are some on there, and it's pretty funny. Mikey loves Drew Barrymore, and I think she directed that. I do hate her. Do you hate <laughs> Mikey? When you say I, I do hate her, you mean Mikey, Mikey. or Drew Barrymore. What a piece of shit that bitch is. <laughs> are we going to do that show with him? Are we going to record with him? Well, I guess. I don't know. Oh, fuck. I might have that training all next week. Jesus H. Christ. We'll figure it out. Well, we can do it some other time. That's you know, true. it's not like we're all going to drop dead from fucking the reservoir getting all the rain taken out. <laughs> 30 days. We've got big government. 30 days in the hole. Uh, nobody knows what we're talking about. Um Giggity, giggity. Stranger Than Paradise, Jim Jarmusch movie. Uh, this was awesome. I love this movie. It's a. Uh, oh, it really tugged at my. Um, what do you call it? Not heartstrings. It tugged at something. <laughs> um, oh, Taint strings? Not nostalgia. The past, well, you know, it reminded me of the past okay. because it was like the, uh, uh, even though it kind of was supposed to take place uh, later, it reminded me of my relatives that all lived in Cleveland. It reminded me of the early 70s, and uh, I just thought it was good. It's minimalistic. It's black and white. It's charmish. Uh, next, which, watch this movie. I think it's a Criterion one, too, and it's pretty good. I'd yeah, never heard one. of it. Yeah, I loved it. 
loved it. I loved Next it. Thing I was another movie which I have seen before <laughs> called The Crazies, and I watched it on Blu-ray. The new this, one or the old one? I, this was the new one, okay. and um, I'm not the world's biggest horror fan. I'm not even the wor- world's smallest horror fan. <laughs> Might be the fattest. No, I'm not. I definitely, no, definitely not the fattest. Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what the fuck? I watched the crazies with Timothy Oliphant, and I have watched it like almost like Ghost Rider. I know that I like this movie because I watched it a lot. I watched Accidents with uh, that is a Johnny Toe movie, and it is fucking awesome. Uh, I watched it on Netflix Instant Watch. I think it's possible, and I'm not sure, that this may be in HD on Netflix Instant Watch. I know there's a Blu-ray of it. Uh, oot. Oot. But, uh, oh, I'm having a... Uh, wait a minute. Uh, it's good. <laughs> it really is. I I uh, had never heard of it. I just happened to start, uh, stumble upon it. And um, it's... Uh, Different, it's different, and I liked it. Johnny Toe. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie called Salt with Angelina Jolie, who was really skinny in it. Move on. Next thing I, watched, <laughs> I didn't uh, like that one, really. Eh, uh, next thing I watched was Control. What's Control? Oh, Control. Okay, we already reviewed that. Move on. No, I watched that one again, gave it a second second peak i did i don't know i mean i, I don't want to talk about that one again no but i mean it was uh, uh, uh next thing i watched was 24 hour party people i watched this one back to i watched 24 hour party people first then i watched control again um i like 24 hour party people mm-hmm. um of course it was more entertaining because it was coogan and he's being funny uh, doing his basically an impression of Tony was it Tony Wilson? Yeah. Okay. And then when you what's funny is then when you watch Control, you're like, wait a minute, Tony Wilson's not even funny, and was just kind of like a not even a big part of that movie. Yeah. Right. So anyway, but I I mean it's what it is. I mean it's it's just a it, it was meant to be more funny and entertaining and stuff. But, okay, and I, I know, you know, like I said, we, we differ on control. But the, um, let's see, Ian. Ian Curtis? Ian Curtis. Okay. okay. I felt more sad and more, and, and he was, the character of Ian Curtis was not in 24-Hour Party People that long. Right. But just the way they did it. I actually felt more when he <laughs> died than in the in control, which was nothing but about him. So anyway, whatever. Uh, we've already talked about that. But we didn't talk about 24-Hour Party People. I recommend that one. It's very good. I like Coogan. And it's um, – yeah, so anyway, I can't remember other people's names like Rob, whatever the fuck his name is. It's his friend <laughs> <laughs> that's in 24-Hour Party People too. And in the trip, watch the trip. It's fucking great. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, At Midnight, I'll Take Your Soul. This is a Coffin Joe, uh, the first Coffin Joe movie. Um, 
And I spoke to John of V Cinema and told him that every time they would say Coffin Joe on Projection Booth Podcast, Projection Booth Podcast uh, inspired me to seek out the Coffin Joe movies because they did a whole show about Coffin Joe and the whole series. They they had an interview with a guy that actually went down and – uh, had interviewed and talked to the creator and star of Coffin Joe a bunch of times. And um, it's very good. Projection Booth Podcast is fucking awesome. It's very good, even when they're reviewing shit that I have no idea, you know. <laughs> but they, they just get really in-depth with a lot of stuff. But um, And plug, I don't know why I'm plugging them, but they're good. That's why. Um, this was good. Uh, like I said, I'm not a horror fan, but especially after listening to the show, because it gives you insight. And, and this fucking movie is crazy as shit. Coffin Joe was this crazy atheist, nihilist, fucking weirdo. And uh, <laughs> now it is on YouTube. But then when I went to find the second one, it is on YouTube too. But the one on YouTube, the second one, is in fucking Portuguese. So <laughs> Weird. I, I actually started watching it, but then I was kind of like, oh, fuck it. I'll wait and find the, the, the one with subtitles. Uh, I think that you probably could watch it without it because yeah. he's just that fucking crazy. Uh, but uh, he was a dick, man. Coffin <laughs> Joe was fucking – he didn't give a shit. He Coffin Joe was the original honey badger, 100%. <laughs> then I watched a movie with Rod Steiger called Hennessy. And it is uh, – every time I say that or or think about it, I think about my friend Greg who likes to drink Hennessy. Um, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's like a it's 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 like a whiskey made out of grapes. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. Well, anyway, cognac. Okay, is that what it is? Yes. Cognac. Okay. Well, I don't even. You know, I've always heard cognac on like uh, fucking World War Two movies, but I don't even know what the fuck that is. Other than it's something. It's a liquor. It's made out of grapes, but it's a liquor, and it's grapes. A particular region of France. Like champagne. Like grape drink. Like grape drink. Mm, I love grape drink. Grape drink. (laughs) (laughs) And grape soda. Grape drink, motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that was. Was that my John Lovitz impersonation? (laughs) I don't know. Hennessy is pretty good. Um, Rod Steiger. Um, Went bad. Uh, (laughs) Next (laughs) thing is... uh, uh, I guess maybe this might be inspired by Sam Uri because uh, he always talks about watching these 30 for 30s. And they're always good. I used to always like watching uh, on uh, the old ESPN. You know, they would have uh, either documentaries or, of course, you know, the old football stuff and everything. Right. But I watched uh, Tim Richmond to the limit. I did not. I, I will say that I was familiar with him because one of my friends. Uh, from uh, I was probably about like ninety six, ninety seven. Was a big NASCAR fan when Dale Earnhardt was still alive, and um, he's from North Carolina. And um, he told me about Tim Richmond because he told me that that was who the Tom Cruise character in that fucking shitty NASCAR movie that he was in, <laughs> based on Tim Richmond, except it didn't have the AIDS part. So anyway, um, that would have been better if. 
Tom Cruise would have gotten AIDS. <laughs> Taken so, out of context, that rules. Yeah, well, you know, um, they didn't come out the class. Anyway, no, whatever. That's sad because Tom Cruise, if he had AIDS, I don't know if I, w- I wouldn't laugh. Because uh, I know that it's going to scoop him up. The next thing I watched was another 30 for 30 <laughs> called The You uh, about uh, Miami uh, football and uh, Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson. It's pretty good. Uh, next thing I watched, Cash McCall with uh, Jim Rockford, a.k.a. James Garner. The Rockford file. Those are all on instant. This was pretty good because he basically plays Mitt Romney. Um uh, <laughs> and it's got uh, Natalie Wood, who looks like she's about 15 years old in it. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of character actors that when you watch it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. And this is on um, – no, it's not on Netflix and watch. I got that on iTunes. Uh, but he basically – when if I, basically – and then basically he does this and then basically he does that. His name's basically Cash <laughs> basically. Um, Fuck you, son of a bitch. Um Natalie Wood was hot. Yeah, yeah um, she was. <laughs> She's dead. Yeah. Um, he plays a character who buys companies and then just strips them down to nothing. He's kind of a cross between Gordon Gecko and Mitt Romney. Um, next thing I watched was a movie, a little movie called Sword of Doom. I love this movie. <laughs> um, I watched it in part in the bathtub to finish it. I watched an hour of it in the bathtub, and then I watched the other part of it not in the bathtub. It's a good movie, man. I'm telling you what, if you think the end of the Wild Bunch was fucking violent, fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is good. The yeah. next thing I watched, it's a good, it's a criterion, and it was on. <clears throat> That was on iTunes also, because I had to finish watching it before it ran out, and I didn't get to watch it. Um, good movie. I was surprised to see Toshiro Mafune in it, because I did not know he was in it. Um, eh. Next thing I watched uh, was The Candidate with Robert Redford. And um, this was good, especially with all the political stuff going on. It's um, basically... Yeah, you motherfucker, I almost said <laughs> it's uh, Robert. All Redford. right, all right, Jim. All right, basically, you have control over your own mind and mouth. Think before you speak. Um, Robert Redford uh, is a community organizer, and uh, he gets kind of tapped by Peter Boyle to be to run for the Senate. He's kind of the white Barack Obama in this movie, now that I think about it. And it's got Natalie Wood in a, in a cameo, just a short cameo. Uh, but I like this movie. I've watched it lots of times. He's a liberal, and I love liberals. Uh, the next thing I had, last thing I watched, <laughs> a little movie, very controversial movie in some circles. And this movie stars a little boy named Bobby Boucher. <laughs> we is called No Water Boy. <laughs> and that's well, I don't love this movie. I don't love Adam Sandler. I generally <laughs> hate most of his comedy. 
Um, I liked him in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Um, I even liked him in Spanglish. I never saw Spanglish. Okay. I thought it sounded racist. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, but anyway, he. Um, I think he should have been in Inglorious Bastards. Instead of uh, that little dude that uh, was in the office. No, <laughs> no he's too old. You, need, you, you needed young people for that. Bah. They were kids fighting that war, man. Yeah, and bread. they came home men. Yeah. Hard, hungry men waiting for a nice, fat butthole. Uh, Hans Landa, did you know that uh, he had uh, he knew who Shoshana was and that he had planned the whole thing and he let her go, knowing that eventually that he would use the the whole thing to set everything up for everybody to be in the theater to get burned up, so he could be a hero, get out of World War II, go to America, and have a house. What? That's no. what the GGTMC said. Somebody's uh, he didn't know. Okay, he, I don't know. He didn't know at the time when, when he she was, was like, running away out of the farmhouse. There's no that's impossible. When he f- met her and they were eating the strudel, you think he knew who he was? There was speculation from other people, not me, because I don't think that hard that he knew <laughs> who he was, and he was going to use her. Seems a little coincidental. Well, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with Waterboy. It doesn't. No, but that movie, Waterboy, was on TV, and uh, I had it on while I was fucking eating. Fucking and eating. I was not fucking, definitely. But I jacked off before the show about (laughs) 8.30 this morning, and I couldn't sleep even after I jacked off. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, You just had to sit there in shame. I had to to fucking, um, like... Um, concentrate to beat off. I couldn't even come. I, I wasn't in the mood, and I couldn't even come up with a <laughs> scenario. You know, I like to have a scenario. Here we go, yo. Here Sometimes we go, yo. Too. And but you know, I thought, well, God, again, I can't sleep. So maybe if I jack off, I'll be able to sleep. Nope. Well, I, it eventually worked. I mean, I fell asleep, but <laughs> it might be unrelated. Eventually. Um, okay, what I watched this week. Um, two, the two things that I started and did not finish, but finished this week. Um, yeah. I watched Bullhead on Instant Watch. Oh, yeah. It's a very good movie. Um, I mean, what? That one, really, the content, when I saw the trailer, I thought I knew what it was, but there's a whole part of it that I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Who the fuck would come up with this? The, the ideas of the movie yeah. and the some of the ways the story is constructed is what I like better than the actual story itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the story, like, I didn't really care for the end all that much. It was okay, but, um, but the, you know, his his story, the parallels to what he does for a living and... You know the the way the story jumps back and forth to kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. reveal. I thought that was done very well. So I really like this one. Um, Bullhead. And I watched uh, Lolita as well. And I never seen this before. Uh, and this was really good. I I, had, I can't remember if I ever finished the book. It's one of those. I, I'm like that with books. I start books and then never finish them. 
I don't know why, but I've always I've always been like that. Um, I don't remember if I ever finished this one, but the the um, again the construction of the story, you know, you don't get the full thing until the very last frame of the movie, almost, which I, I appreciate a lot. This is really good How too. Was the chick in the movie? She she was only like sixteen when they filmed the movie, I think. Because I th- I was thinking it was either that or Baby Doll that in the movie they made the character actually a little bit older and they were supposed to be even younger. I th- but they thought um, people would think it was too goddamn perverted. I'd have to look that up, but the, I know the girl that played it, she was around 16 or 17 and she was playing a 14-year-old. Although I don't oh. think they ever say 14 yeah. in the book it's it said that she's fourteen. Yeah, I was gonna. That's what maybe that's what it was. They didn't say, but she was supposed to be really young. Yeah, and um, this is uh, this, uh, this is, I'm talking about the Kubrick one, not the one with Jeremy Irons in it, which yeah. I have seen before, but I haven't seen that one. It's all right. Um, yeah. And uh, on instant, I was doing some shit, and just like inspired, uh, just like you were inspired by the same you, Rye. I also watched uh, a same you, Rye go to the a classic albums. Off instant. Um, this is for uh, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band. Mm-hmm. Didn't really learn much new to it. It was, I mean, it was well done. They had some good quality recordings of John Lennon talking about that time and and um, Yoko Ono with her cleavage out the whole time. Who's more inspiring, John Lennon or Samurai? Uh, tough call. I have to, Sammy's I have to not dead. It's He's true. smarter than he John is, Lennon. He is continuing to to inspire. Uh, smarter than John Lennon. Have you ever yeah. seen The People versus John Lennon? Uh, I've seen Will Smith versus John Lennon. <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's it's about it's about him getting uh, or the sorry not the people the U S versus John Lennon. Um, oh yeah, where they were the, the they were fucking bugging him and about being anti-war communist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. Anyway, the um, you know this is kind of just the the con- the construction of Plastic Ono Band, and um, I did uh, I did not realize that that Ringo Starr played drums on pretty much the whole thing. I thought it was only a little bit, so I did learn. You something. didn't realize that Ringo Starr was in control either. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to break out uh, my because you watched that movie. I'm going to break out my. Yoko Ono impression. Skis, skis, kiss me love. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn! Beautiful. Beautiful. Why did he? I mean, you know, I know he was in love. That just shows you that fucker was really in love because yes. he actually put her on tape. Ooh. <clears throat> um, I watched another one on Instant uh, that's been on my queue for a while. Solar Babies, one I've never seen, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is that uh, good. Jason Patrick. It's a. Jason Patrick, post-apocalyptic movie, um, Patrick about kids that roller skate and compete in this. Jason Patrick, he was. Oh in, yeah, yeah, Nark. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he was in that turd. He was in well, Speed Two. He was in. He was young then, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, it wasn't like he was fucking went from Nark to Solar Babies. Um, <laughs> it, it was. It's kind of. I got to laugh at the fact that. No matter where these people went in this post-apocalyptic wasteland, there was always a place to roller skate. Rarely do you see somebody without skates on. <laughs> there's Fuck fucking, yeah. There's fucking like smooth paved roads in the middle of a desert. It's pretty insane. Um, not a very good movie. Uh, so I watched I another one. What's that? that? I bet yeah. she's proud of that. It's Ugh. like 
I don't know. It's kind of like this uh, kind of echo-friendly kind of movie. Um, He's got like fucking shoulder pads like the comedian from uh, (laughs) Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen. (laughs) Um, So I watched uh, Busting. Yeah, with, that's a good uh, one. With uh, Elliot Gould like- and Robert Blake and Sid Haig. It's funny, you don't often get, in the in the Sid Haig stuff that I've seen, you don't, you don't often get the feeling that he's super tall, but he's fucking taller than everybody in this movie. I think he's a pretty big guy. Is he craggier than anybody else? Craggy? No, he's still pretty smooth at this point. He, he didn't, uh, he had his head shaved bald. What happened but, there? Yeah, he got... He got kind of rough looking as he got older, um, but he had you know his his goatee was still black at this point. So, um, Elliot Gould. What okay. did I? I don't know what I've seen him in. Ash. No, something new. I got a. Uh, like a TV show or something. I watched him in. Uh, but um, he's got a big head. I liked his mustache. Law and Order, maybe. Could be. Ah, no. Hmm. I said no, no, no. Anyway, the um, I, his mustache was fucking great in it. Um, I like the two of them. There's another one that they did. The something has the word bean in it that I, I'd want to see. Freebie and the bean or something. Oh my god! I want to see. It's that so one. fucking good. It's, yeah. it's him and James Con. Oh, I thought Robert Blake was in that one. No. Oh, James Con. That's too bad. Freebie. Oh and... my god! Seriously. Oh, it's Alan Arkin and. Yep. Oh, Alan Arkin and well, no, fucking really Gould's not even in <laughs> I read no, something. The means good though. It's I hilarious. read something like this movie was was kind of a spinoff of yeah, not yeah, a spinoff yeah. but of Freebie and the Bean, which so I assumed that the two of them were just being brought back together, but I guess not. Oh um, my god, that movie's hilarious! You will have to watch that one. Die. Um, let's yeah, see. I guess he was on Law and Order. Busting. Um, bu- 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 oh, um, I that watched. Was- uh, so I guess Solar Babies and the two movies we watched this week kind of put me in a mood for some post-apocalypse. So uh, I watched one that I – well, I'm still on the never-seen-it list, so that's good. Um, I watched Hell Comes to Frogtown with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy. And, I mean, this movie was – I don't know. I never knew what this was about. It's fucking weird. Uh, I liked it, <laughs> but – uh, Roddy Piper's hilarious, and there's a really hot chick in it with slick back hair who's supposed to be kind of uh, butchy. Um, I like girls when they uh, if they're hot and they have their hair slicked back. Yeah, like it's it's slicked back like uh, like what's his name Robert Palmer in that video like the yeah, 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 yeah. Robert Palmer uh. ass to class gape to the face taint till you faint. Um, and then I watched Frogtown Two, hey. Return to Frogtown. Now the difference between Hell Comes to Frogtown and Frogtown Return to Return to Frogtown are pretty much night and day. Um, Hell Comes to Frogtown, like I said, Rowdy Roddy Piper playing Sam Hell, <laughs> get it? And uh, Frogtown Two has Robert Zadar, <laughs> nice playing, Zadar playing Sam Hell, but this time Sam Hell is a member of the uh, Texas. Uh, rocket patrol it's like the rocketeer they fly around with jetpacks and it's really fucking hilarious when they'll run off and it looks like they just kind of jump and then the camera cuts and then it just shows like a flat person just zooming through the air and um (laughs) and i don't know there's a little like rubber puppet in it that he has a conversation with multiple (laughs) times uh 
Ooh, it's a weird one. This is it's directed by Donald G. Jackson, who him and um, Scott. God, long blonde hair always has a has a samurai sword. <laughs> what is this guy's name? Um, Randolph Scott. No, roller. He did. They Scott did the, Wilson. Scott. No, they did the rollerblade. Speedman. Movies. Speakman. No. Scott. George C. Scott. I'm, uh, look I'm looking it up now. Rollerblade Seven is the name of the movie. Ah, fuck. Max Hell Frog Warrior. I know who's in that too. Jesus. Scott Shaw. There we go. So Scott Shaw. Stuff. I don't even know who Scott Shaw is. You don't want to know. But anyway, they had this. They, they had this approach to filmmaking called Zen filmmaking, where pretty much they didn't write a script. They would just kind of go along. Yeah. It, it, Zen it, filmmaking. It, it makes some. Some <laughs> quote unquote interesting things, but good lord, it's oh man, it took me like three and a half hours to watch an hour and a half movie. So check that for what it is. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, on the recommendation of of uh, Zane, um, the Driller Killer, Ugh. Abel Ferreira, um, starring and directing. Abel Ferreira was not a not, attra- not an attractive man. Probably still. No, isn't. he's still. He's definitely not now. <laughs> This is a pretty good movie. I like the uh, very loud. It's very like very low budget. I thought it was really good. It made me want to fucking paint again. It's been a long. Was time. Was this like so. one of his first movies? It must have been. It's nineteen. It's like seventy nine. Yeah. Um, it's about it's about a guy who he's basically just slowly losing his shit, and um, he kills people with an electric drill. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. No, he had done some movies before it. Oh, documentary short. Yeah, okay, not a whole lot. Uh, that was his first feature length. Um, and then Miss 45 was his second. He had to remake it now because now they have in 70... God damn, that's thunder. Uh, now they have drills that have those batteries. The battery packs. He had to wear a... He wore a belt with like D-cell batteries in it and he had, he would be plugged uh-huh. into that. It was pretty funny. It took me. Yeah. It took me a while to... Uh, figure it out because I was like at first I was like how the fuck is he carrying around this obviously electric drill and drilling people in the street <laughs> yeah I was gonna say wouldn't he have to have like a giant extension cord? <laughs> yeah yeah I thought that's what they did at first or that they were just ignoring the fact that this electric cord was hanging out of the bottom of this drill hey but- I have been invited to play this is an app and it's a game journey of Jesus the calling nice. follow yeah. the life of Jesus you should do it You'll, the you, calling you is a fun adventure where you play a major part in the gospel story. <laughs> I went to fuck, I, I went to Christian uh, day day uh, daycare when I was a kid. Well, they have a they have a um, a, a, a Christian uh, amusement park that's all based on like Noah's Ark. Yeah, and I was thinking about going to that just and, and like taking you know videotaping stuff and as a joke and everything. But Jesus Christ, I think it costs like. Five hundred fucking dollars. You have to donate. It's it's some big money making scheme for the cult, and not the band. Um. So that that was actually all I watched. Yeah, you watched quite a bit this time. I'm proud of you. Did a really good job. I'm I'm gonna have to watch Max Hill Frog Warrior just to finish it off. This doesn't even have Zadar in it. This fucking fucking, you're bordering on fucking Cinemascus territory. Frog Town Two not only had Zadar, it also had. Charles Napier. Mm-hmm. It also Jin versus Jen. 
Chin versus Chin. They had a discussion with each other. Um, it also had um, uh, 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 Lou Ferrigno. Zadar's chin is almost like one of those dildos that's too big that you see like some women. It almost looks like a big fat fucking, uh, I don't know what, like a tree stump and yeah. a woman's trying to sit on it and it just looks stupid. That's what his <laughs> chin looks like. And now, then, Napier's chin, you could probably sit on that if you had a out. fat pussy. Uh, and uh, Brian James was in it in a fucking the most ridiculous role I've ever seen him in. He has a big mole on his chin. He's dead. And he's dead. And he was in the army with Tim Thomerson. What did he die of? He died young. Yeah. Well, not that young. He He's had cancer. Like 50. Oh, did he? God, it yeah, I think he had cancer. Um, so that was it. Born Legacy doesn't even have... I just saw it to add for the Born Legacy. and doesn't even have fucking Born. Damon in it. Nah, it's got Hawkeye in it. The little four-foot-tall Hawkeye with skinny arms. Great. Man, it looks like he's got big arms in the, in the picture. Maybe they, they beat him up a little bit. Well, he's Jeffrey Dahmer, too. Sweet. Anyway, um, that was it. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back and... Review a movie. Let's do Ultimate Warrior first. How about that? Which one? Yul Brenner. Okay. We'll be right back. Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. Matt and Mike are the shit when it comes to odious cinema. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I became so enthralled in the show that I negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yummy. Karen O. I don't know who the fuck that is. Lead singer of the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Still don't know. Okay. Uh, we're back from break. Next, uh, our first, or next review. Our first review is for The Ultimate Warrior, 1975. I recently shit-canned Robert Klaus and then chose to review a film of his on our lovely radio program. Um, directed by Robert Klaus, as I said, 1975. Uh, Atomic Holocaust. 
I don't think that's what happened, but is not the only plague that threatens our future. New York City, 2012 A.D. The Twin Towers still stand. In a devastated world, one tired man finds a reason to fight. What a stupid synopsis. Sam. Yeah? You own this movie. Yeah. The Clamshell, VHS. What did you think of The Ultimate Warrior this time around? Ultimate Warrior. Alrighty. I took notes this time. Yay! Oh, that's bad, because I'm already looking at them, just wanting to recite what's in the notes. Okay, so I'm going to set the notes over here, like kind of like off to the side. Just in case. Well, I don't need, I don't know. It's got good points, but okay. Anyway, this is Yule. What the fuck is on my face? Beard. No, I think I have a zit. Uh, Whatever. The thunder. Uh, that girl from the yeah, yeah, yes. Sometimes in some pictures, I would say I would fuck her. Sometimes <laughs> she looks like a cross between Joey Ramone and Steve Perry from Journey. Is that the when, is that when you would fuck her? <laughs> Yeah, I like Steve Perry. <laughs> um, okay, the ultimate warrior. The hair makes or breaks her, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she has really fucking hair. mushroomy hair, and it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, she got the Tony Tennille look there. <laughs> Nobody can see what we're looking at. Um, we'll post a picture. I'll post face? a mushroomy picture. Did I put something on there? Like cream? There's an egg from this morning. <laughs> um, this movie stars Yule Brin. It's got a pretty good cast. Stars the Brin. Got uh, Max von Sydow. Uh, uh, we got uh, <laughs> William Smith and Yul Brynner. The William okay. Smith playing a character called Carrot. Carrot, yes. He plays Carrot. Okay, now, this movie is post-apocalyptic and the guy was wrong. It was because of epidemics. Yes. And see, these epidemics not only affect the human beings, but it also affects the plants. Uh, so nothing will grow. They have and trouble growing food. They have trouble growing food, and they have to to create hybrid food. And the epidemic also makes all guns disappear. <laughs> Maybe the ammunition is all used up by this point. Uh, yeah, in, in America. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Well, it's America in 1975. No, it's not. It's America uh, oh, wait, 2012, it's 2012, motherfucker. But when did the the apocalypse happen in the early 80s, though? In the early 80s. Yeah. So anyway, but that's one of the funny things about this movie is that it does place place in 2012. Now, if you think about it, there are it's kind of ridiculous, but then there are certain things in my notes, which I haven't gotten to yet, that I remember writing down that um, maybe 2012 is kind of like this. <laughs> okay, so anyway, you've got Big Bill Smith playing Carrot. Now, <laughs> what a I na- kept what thinking, fucking what a name. stupid name, but then I realized, I guess in the movie, his hair is kind of reddish. Yeah, his hair and his goatee are red, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, He's supposed when, to be this big, tough fucking gang leader, and the, his nickname is Carrot. Why is his nickname like Flame or something like well, that? Well, <laughs> because this movie, I think, was written by a hippie. It's written by uh, Robert Klaus. Well, but uh, there you go. Klaus, he's a Nazi hippie. <laughs> um, 
But uh, the one thing, I, the fashion in this, it seems like when you're post-apocalyptic, the one thing that you have to do is have an untucked shirt with a belt around the shirt. No, they were they were all dressed like fucking Hispanic Crew peasants. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's I where that. it started because when they we were walking on the street, I, I you know I was mentioning Design before we recorded. Is like I was trying to figure out if this was supposed to be either an anti or pro communist message movie. Uh, it seems more anti, but everybody is you know they're working for the good. And they, but they all dress like, uh, and like somebody from a Diego Rivera painting. And then I actually saw a Diego Rivera painting on the wall in Yul Brenner's room in the little compound. You fucking are way too observant. <laughs> There's a well, the 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 it's a famous Bro. painting. It's called the the Carrier of Flowers. It's this guy. And he's wearing the, like, the white with the sash and everything, and he's got this huge, giant bundle of flowers that's being loaded onto his back, and he's all hunched over. And it's kind of like the statement on he's carrying this beautiful thing, but he can't even see it. He's like dying under the weight of it. He's carrying it off to sell it somewhere, and he's never going to like experience the flowers it's themselves. A burden. It's a burden to him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like sissy's, sissy's presence in his apartment when he's trying to jerk off. It's a burden. <laughs> this big plant of flowers. Listen, you goddamn fucking commie. Nobody wants to hear this fucking goddamn shit. Communist. I think it might have been anti communist. The only person that would know about this is a goddamn commie. (laughs) You just fucking gave yourself away, pothead. (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) what was that? The bomb noise. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, Jesus. Oh my God. I hope that's not Jesus Christ uh, fucking judging me. That thunder maybe it's odin <laughs> odin son and the frost giants in australia this movie stars william smith <laughs> and okay. brenner looking like a senior citizen for most now, of the movie but i'll tell you what if i was i hope i look as good as yul brenner when oh, i'm that yeah. age because the fucker first of all no one before or since, has ever looked like Yul Brenner. He has a distinct fucking mm-hmm. look with that shaved head and shit. I mean, he just looks cool because you don't know what the fuck he is. You don't he know was, if he's a gypsy, if he's Russian, if he's uh, Asian or what. He's 55. But, so, anyway, he is, um, the, the there's like an iconic thing that you posted on the Facebook group. Uh, where they're looking through binoculars. Uh, okay, you got a bunch of hippies, and they're fucking. Well, they're not. They're they're just people survivors. They're the good survivors. You have three factions. You have the good or are they good hippie survivors? <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Uh, they're just like the normal people, and they're living in this like uh, <laughs> sound stage or whatever studio backlot in uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, which that that. That's one thing that kind of fucked it up for me. Uh, it didn't fuck it up, but I just thought it looked cheap and cheesy. Well, yeah. Um, that they shot it on the back lot in Burbank. Um, <laughs> but um, Have you ever seen – have you been to New York? Yeah. Have you ever seen a fucking block where you could just basically put a gate in front of one street and have the whole thing blocked off? Well, I, I I remember – now, this was like a long time ago. This was like back in the late – 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like I always I liked Greenwich Village because when we were in other parts of New York, you know, the street is goddamn uh, how many lanes across. But when you went to Greenwich Village, it was more just like a street. Yeah. And uh, you know, so anyway, whatever. We don't want to just shocking. Um, you have those people. <laughs> you have uh, Big Bill Carrot Top Smith. Which, if they made it today, they could just actually have Carrot Top because he was as muscular as William Smith, <laughs> if not more muscular, uh, to oh. play Carrot. Um, and he has his faction, which are kind of like the uh, Law of the Jungle, the Strong Survive guys, the fascists. Uh, and um, then you have these crazy fuckers that are just kind of thrown in. Um, street people. They're the street people. And they're not scary at all. They're just fucking people that want to eat people or whatever. And steal, um, like, chains around their neck and shit. Yeah, it's just really dumb. Um, <laughs> let's see. They okay, should have made no, mutants. You, yeah, oh, wait, yeah. There, well, that's no what nuclear. I kind of... I think that they this movie probably didn't have a very big budget. And if it oh, did, yeah. it went to Yul Brenner's uh, salary. <laughs> so they... That's why they shot it on the back lot and shit like that. Uh, plus, you know, you have to think about the, you know, when it was made. Oh, uh, William Smith uh, was in Hellfront Comes to Frogtown. Jesus. <laughs> he, he might have been a frog. Um, he was the guy that stomped on Roddy Piper's face with a pair of golf shoes. Uh, let's see. He did hit him with a bottle right at the beginning. There you go. Um, <laughs> now, the, the, the iconic scene is uh, they're, they're on top of their building with some big binoculars mounted on this thing and they look and they see Yul Brenner and he's standing on it. What is he standing on top of? It looks like some kind of like sewage pipe or something. Okay. Uh, at first I always thought it was a uh, subway car but it wasn't because when I watched it last night I was like what the fuck is that? But he's just standing there with no shirt on and they said he was standing there for like two days and I guess he was meditating because he's just standing there with his eyes closed. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they're trying to set up that he's this kind of uh, strange mystical figure. Um so, um, they decide he's kind of like a gun for hire. This could have been an Old West movie. It could have been Clint Eastwood or whatever, the man with no name. And they they leave their compound to go out and offer him just about pretty much anything but pussy. Uh, Max von Sydow tells him, um, you know, I have – you can have double rations of food. I have cigars. Uh, if you have sexual requirements, uh, you'll have to work those out on your own. <laughs> um, uh, he says, I don't know what your sexual requirements are. And I think maybe old Max was sitting there thinking that uh, – hoping that Yule would say, <laughs> hmm, well, now that you mention it. I do want to see your balls on my bald head. Now that you mentioned it, you communist leader. Um, <laughs> now, the hippie people – uh, they weren't very good fighters because they would go out and have like six or seven guys with pipes because, like I said, there's no guns. There's knives. Maybe, maybe Sidow, Max von Sidow was supposed to be Castro and Yul Brynner was Che Guevara. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Because he's trying – like he was kind of like – yeah, I mean that's kind of how it's been painted is like Castro kind of got power hungry and – Jesus Christ. Dude, it's what it is. I don't know who William Smith is supposed to be. Maybe he's America. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, he's everything about America. Carrots and big packs. And William Smith wears a shirt where he's like the guy in the gym 
that would have a sweatshirt that's cut up, but then he, he cuts the, the neck of it all the way down to almost his belly button so you can see his pecs. Uh, and he, I love his weapon. It's fucking like a metal, it's like a metal rope with a fucking like ball bearing on the end. Yeah, he wears it like a macrame belt around his waist. <laughs> but you know, the thing about William Smith is he's really big and imposing, but he doesn't really show his power. He's, he's supposed to be like really smart. He plays this role in lots of movies where he's the motorcycle gang leader. Mm-hmm. And shit like that. And he's very strange. When he kills people, he gets this even, and, and this is another thing. This is like part of his motif when he's acting in other movies. When he kills somebody, he gets this weird look on his face like he's <laughs> coming or something or like he's getting off on it. Um, let's see. Uh, there is one scene where one of these street people, this was pretty cool. Uh, it's not cool because it looks really fakey and shitty, but it would be cool if they remade this and had a big budget and could do it, it, it would look better. This guy picks up this giant fucking boulder and just smashes this guy's head, but they don't show it. They just show him picking up the boulder. He looked hilarious when he picked up the boulder. I laughed with his yeah. face. He's like, Rrr! 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 I'm going to smash your head with my fucking boulder. He probably carried that boulder. That was his weapon. He just carried around a 300-pound boulder. <laughs> it's a burden to carry it around. I feel like playing uh, that song. Here we go. You don't plop. Most people plop. Uh, Max von Oh, yeah. That's a good line. You know, <laughs> who would ever thought that? It's very like Castro said to Che Guevara uh, in 1950. <laughs> you don't plop. Most people plop. Um <laughs> I guess 1981 was the last year that Cadillacs were made. Uh, (laughs) That was kind of funny because I've seen Cadillacs made now. So Max, he's a liar as well as a commie. Um, How would he know six years from then? Oh, here's a funny, the the part where when they were saying um, that it was made in 2012, um, Yul Brenner, he asked him where he's from and he says, Detroit. And, uh, you know, and he says, well, how, how is it? And he says, Detroit is empty. And uh, so they pretty much got that right because in 2012, Detroit is like a goddamn ghost town right now. Is, um, w- when did the fuel the fuel shortages start? In the movie? No, or no, no. In, in, in our life. <laughs> no, that was in the 70s. Was it I late? mean, that was like uh, mid to early, early to mid 70s. Had it already yeah. started by the time this movie was made? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's okay. when Dick Nixon was in office. Um, they had a they, there's a one guy, and the the thing that always, and as soon as I saw the movie, which I haven't seen in a long time, it hit me again was um, the dude, the farmer guy, and he's got real deep. Oh, he's southern, like girls. and but it seems it's almost like his voice is fake, and he's got like a perm, and he's like. Tomatoes are coming along nicely, and his <laughs> wife's gonna have a baby, and he goes, "You're gonna turn out that baby soon." Like he's talking about a cow or something. I'm like, God, what a fucking weirdo! And I, I relish seeing him die. <laughs> there was one scene where Max von Sydow, um, what the hell happened? Where he was doing something because I just wrote down uh, his anguish, and it was funny. He's he goes off by himself and he's walking down these steps and all of a sudden he's like <laughs> and he just like bites his hand. Oh, like, that was um God. What was that? 
Because he walks out and he's like, he bites his he bites yes, his fingers. But that must have been close to the beginning because it was like one of my first notes. Yeah, and I, thought, I don't remember God, what he was so, so upset awful. about. Because Shay got killed in fucking um, <laughs> or in Argentina or wherever the fuck he got killed. Yeah, where the hell did he get killed? I don't know. He just disappeared. No, he got killed. Oh, they found his. Uh, yeah, we pretty much murdered him. Yay! Uh, yay the CIA guys were there while the uh, South American. I can't remember what, which uh, country. It was some shitty little country in South America. He decided he was going to go and help them start a revolution, but they were so poor that nobody gave a shit. And they were starving to death out in the jungle. And the CIA was like, hey, there's Shea Guevara. Let's go and fucking get him and kill him. And they did. Um, let's did, see. Did we fund Castro to keep him from raise, raising up a true socialist uh, community well, there? Basically, when people say, well, look, communism didn't work in fucking uh, Cuba. Well, guess what? It didn't work because we have so many fucking economic <laughs> sanctions and we fucking spread fucking locusts down there to eat the crops and everything else. That's why. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> fuck, those, fuck cocksuckers. They deserve what they get. Yeah. Look, democracy or nothing, motherfuckers. Vacation. He goes down there and goes on vacation with his commies. Canadian Capitalism commies. or nothing, fuckers. Fucker, uh, crony gangsterism or nothing. Uh, oh, and in in movies, and this is all movies. Um, you see commercials for like master lock padlocks. If you shoot it with a thirty out six, it won't open. Mm-hmm. But in movies, all you have to do is take a steel bar and hit it, and it just immediately falls <laughs> Bang open. It with a rock, yeah. Yeah, padlocks are bad in movies. Um, the there was one scene uh, that kind of struck me emotionally a little bit. Um, there's a couple in the movie and the woman's, uh, you know, fucking, she's the irrational crazy woman and she has a baby and they're running out of powdered milk or they don't have any. Right. So she has it in her head because she's nuts that she, uh, that there's this powdered milk in this bakery and she knows it, you know, we just have to go there and it's outside their compound. So she decides to go, uh, on her own. And then when her husband finds out, he goes looking for him. Well, so bad things happen and the baby, the, uh, carrot gets the baby. Well, they can hear, and, and he looks at the baby and he's like, tickles its face and he goes, good bait. This will make good bait. And I'm like, ugh, you know? So anyway, um, you hear the baby crying, hear the baby crying, hear the baby crying, and Yul Brenner tells old Max, he says, you know, uh, because I'm getting double rations. Basically, what he's saying is because I'm getting paid, these people are going to want to see me perform. Instead yeah. of sitting up here with your ass smoking cigars, hoping that you're sitting there hoping that I'll suck your dick, uh, I'm actually hired to do something, so it's my job to go out and get this baby. So he goes out, and then when, when the shit happens – um, there's a scene and uh, Brenner just basically kind of – it's one of the only times other than when he's killing people. It's one of the only times <laughs> where he really shows emotion. Yeah. And I, like, I like this scene a lot. When when that happens – and I don't want to say what happens. But when that happens and then he just kind of stops for a second – and then fucking just punches his hand through a, this wooden thing because it just affected him. And I thought that was really good. Yeah, um, he's a, he's a lot more believable. Like, and I can compare this to Golden Needle that I watched recently. I like him better as a fighter than Joe Don, even though Joe Don was probably twenty years <laughs> younger at the time. But 
Brenner looks like I don't know maybe maybe it's like the bald head monk look he has, but I like yeah. that he fights with a knife. And even and though it, he's not like super ripped or anything, like he looks like he could actually fight. Yeah, and, and his fighting style looked believable. Like yeah. it was like it it was almost like that uh, sort of doom where the 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 samurais that were really good. I mean, they're they're. It wasn't anything really flamboyant and fancy like from a Shaw Brothers thing. It was just quick and effective. Like he just, you know, knew what he was doing. Uh, somebody somebody actually said this line. Oh, I know what it was. They accused this guy of stealing tomatoes because they have they have like a little farm up on the roof in bathtubs that have dirt in them and shit like that and they have tomatoes growing and somebody is going and stealing food and uh, they only have a limited supply of food so this little collective you know it's like oh your motherfucker somebody's stealing food and this guy goes people go up on the roof Lots of people go up on the roof. <laughs> uh, it just sounded really stupid. <laughs> um, they, there was even, and it, like I said, it was shot on like this uh, back lot in Burbank, um, which kind of looked almost like a TV set or Welcome Back Cotter or something. And they even had like the music was kind of like that too. Um, there was one part where they kind of had like it wasn't a juice harp. But it was like some kind of weird thing, like where if they took a saw and bent it and then hit it with a hammer and it goes, <laughs> yeah, playing the saw. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of that. That was kind of like that. Um, <laughs> there's one line where Yul Brenner always had a strange delivery because he kind of has like a, a, a not a sort of like a broken English accent, and um, um, there's one part where the woman goes. Um, like, where's my husband? Where's my husband? Or something like that. And he just looks at her and there's this big pause and he goes, Cal is dead. <laughs> Cal is dead. He fucking pops him one. Yeah. And then that's my <laughs> next note. Brenner, what the fuck did you slap me for, bitch? <laughs> no, he didn't say that because he would say, what the fuck did you slap me for, bitch? But uh, um, Moses led the Hebrewites into the desert. Um, let's see. Uh William Smith, weird kill rape look. <laughs> now, <laughs> I remember seeing this on TV. And, of course, on TV in the probably 70s or 80s, it was edited. But there's a part where William Smith in this movie, one of the guys kind of turn is a turncoat trader guy. And he goes to William Smith's group because he thinks, okay, they're going to take over anyway. So I'm going to go over and fucking save my ass. And he becomes a trader. Well, William Smith holds his face close to like this fire of uh, like uh, charcoal that's smoldering, and it, I swear to God, when we watched this when I was a kid, we always they must have cut that part out where he smashes his face down into the holes mm-hmm. or whatever because we thought William Smith fucked the guy. <laughs> Honest to God, I remember when I was a teenager, we were like, holy shit, man. That's so weird. That guy fucked that guy. He <laughs> fucked up the ass because he was behind him holding his head. And, we thought, and he had that crazy William Smith kind of, he like stares. He doesn't look at the guy. He like looks off into, into like, he's like in ex, like some kind of weird ecstasy or trance or something. <laughs> but he always looked like he was coming or something or getting some kind of sexual thing. And we actually, when we were younger, thought that he was, he, he, uh, rape the guy. Um, yeah, maybe he did. These are the three best 
<laughs> the three best underground trackers in the world. <laughs> really? Okay. Maybe instead of donkey punching them, he burns her face. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. <laughs> that really tightens things up it's when your face just... gets mushed into a fucking charcoal bed. That would, man. <laughs> Tighten my ass up. Uh, and everything else. Um, <laughs> Sorry, William Smith. Yeah, William Smith, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, he, yeah, I think he like beat Arnold, or he challenged Arnold Schwarzenegger to an arm wrestling contest when they were doing Conan the Barbarian because he played uh, Conan's dad. And William Smith was known, and I mean, he was like an arm wrestling champion, champion or something. And he was a big weightlifter and all this shit. And Schwarzenegger would not arm wrestle him, supposedly. You know, who knows if that's true or not? But. Um, this movie, like I said, it could be a Western. Um, yeah. I, it, when you say, you know, I never really thought about, like, the communism thing. But um, shit, yeah, back the, – the, the fucking – they always had these undertones of different things that if you just watched it on face value, you'd never think anything of it. But And then if you told somebody, you know, hey, you know, I read this, and you'd be like – they'd be like, oh, that's bullshit, you know. <laughs> but – like in the old Hollywood movies of like the 30s and 40s, they'd put like homosexual under some little um, homosexual undertones or lesbian undertones or something. And, right, right. and, and people would be like, oh, I saw that when I was a kid. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And it's like, no, you know, these writers would – they loved putting shit like that in a movie. They loved it. Yeah, they loved it. And so uh, – uh, because they knew if they put it and made it overt – uh, nobody, they probably, the movie wouldn't get made, yeah. but then they would put it in such a subtle way that if it did get made, then they could sit back and laugh and be like, ha ha ha, mm. these people don't even realize that Rock Hudson wants to suck Max von Sydow's cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, uh, the, um, I thought it was kind of cool that the, uh, the, old, the end journey is to an island off the coast of North Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Yeah, they but, didn't say what island it was, but at the end when they showed it, it was obviously not North Carolina because there's like a fucking mountain on on the water. That's a long goddamn walk. Yeah. Okay. Which uh, that that was another weird part because he tells her he's like, "Don't you turn off that baby till we get to the island?" Okay. He's walking in the subway with a woman that is nine months pregnant with a walk ahead of them that can only be weeks long in this environment. <laughs> Jesus Christ, tell you. And, and they don't even get past 14th Street. And she's the last part, yeah, the last part, they only went like a block. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to try my best. And they made it, they made it like a block. And she's you didn't done. Try that she's like, I can't go on. <laughs> Jesus, thanks for trying. <laughs> um, now, I, I got, I, I vividly remember when we were like in, oh, hell, it had to be. Okay, I graduated from elementary school in 77. Uh-huh. And so it was probably junior high. I vividly remember the part where they said, one of my friends, I don't know if they had HBO or maybe they just saw it on TV and I hadn't seen it or whatever. They go, oh my God, did you see that fucking movie? Yul Brenner fucking, when he cuts his... Uh, no, should I say <laughs> right. that? No, don't say it. Don't say it, that. I lo- it. It surprised me. I liked it. But you know what part I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, holy shit, you, you've never seen that? You know, because back then, you know, uh, uh, gore and, and, and whatever, uh, if something like that happened nowadays, you know, with Saul and movies like that, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like nothing, nothing shocks you. Pretty cool. So they're like, holy shit. But all I can say is this movie would have if, – if they would have put like – gave it a big budget mm-hmm. 
And ha- well, I mean, of course, if they would have had the shit that they have today, it would have been ten times better. I still liked it, but I think that the the limitations that they put on it, um, as far as like I said, uh, putting it on a, on a studio set instead of actually shooting it somewhere that looked kind of like realistic New York, um, the music, um, some of the acting was pretty shoddy. Yeah, like, girl, nobody, nobody really stood out all that much. I mean, you've got yeah. some. I mean, Von Sydow's a heavyweight, and he was. I mean, w- William Smith was his normal. Like he didn't really branch out from what he normally does. Uh, Yul Brynner was playing a pretty stoic kind of stone faced guy, and I guess he did okay with that. Like he did show emotion a couple times, but for the most part, he just kind of was the character that you see initially of him standing there with his eyes closed. But. Um, <clears throat> the film gets a little lost in the politics of the community a few times. It's just like, all right, let's go. But cause it kind of seesawed back and forth because some of the, the action stuff was pretty good. And the, you know, and the post-apocalyptic stuff of the, you know, people fighting over food and stuff could be interesting, but then it would just kind of like drag again. And I thought uh, those people in the compound, man, they were a bunch of douchebags. Yeah. I mean, were. I don't know if I would want to go with William Smith because I'd be afraid that he would fuck me up the ass to, to, <laughs> to show his superiority. You know, you got the feeling that he probably did that to just about everybody and anybody that challenged him, he just raped him. Yeah. With his carrot top pubic hair. <laughs> his That's probably why they called him carrot. He probably had like fucking a big flaming fire crotch pubic hair, but then he, his dick was like a big long orange carrot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's eating that fucking tomato. Oh, it's, it's squirted like out everywhere. Base and shit. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of cool seeing Yul Brenner. Like he was very spry. He's hopping around on rooftops and train platforms and stuff. I mean, he's in good shape. So, you know, I liked him in it. But they get a shirt, man. He didn't have a shirt there for a while. He got a cool <laughs> shirt too. He didn't have one of those douchebag J Crew commie fucking shirts. <laughs> those peasant shirts, yeah. Yeah, that was really. I mean, nobody owned a T-shirt in fucking nineteen or two thousand twelve. <laughs> you know, that's all they had was these fucking stupid looking. Ugh. It was like, uh, and not even like hippie shit that like would be like. Um, Superstar Billy Graham tie dye stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was like um, burlap sacks. Yuppie earth tone stuff. (laughs) Fucking John Denver would wear or something. And I like John Denver. But he would have been in that compound and he would have got raped by Williams. (laughs) With his face. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to take you down Country Road. Take me home. John Denver would be farting up William Smith's cum. <laughs> Felch it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can get our ratings here. We don't have. A, I don't have a lot to add. Some tomatoes out of William Smith's ass. <laughs> that guy didn't like his voice. It sounded too fake. <laughs> um, this movie, how would I rate this movie? I would give this movie... Calculating in my brain. Don't forget to bring your jukebox money. I would give this movie 6.75. And that's pretty high. I'd say 6.5. Because it it was cool in a way because of the time. And if you watch like Omega Man with Charles... Charlton Heston and some movies like that that took place right around this time, even like Planet of the Apes, uh, they were limited. They didn't have all the Mm -hmm. shit they have today, but it could have been better. Uh, 
I like it. It has a nostalgic feel for me because I watched it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yul Brenner was pretty awesome, and his uh, Smith as his nemesis. They could have just made it straight out like a a physical thing between those two, but I they liked really it better didn't then. because um, Smith was supposedly a really like a, almost like a general, like a KG. Uh, he wasn't just all brawn, mm-hmm. and he had like a boot cut. He didn't have bell-bottom pants. He had boot-cut pants. <laughs> and then that was set off by Yul Brenner's pants, which were kind of rolled up, and he had, like, di- black dingo cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> that, that leather thing that held the knife on. His- oh, yeah, behind his back. I thought that was cool, yeah. too. So, anyway. 6.5. I give it a 6.25. Yeah. It was solid. Um I, and, and it was, like I said, back and forth with me. I, I really liked some parts, and then I was just like kind of, eh, on others. So. I hated everybody that was in that compound. Yeah, they were kind of shitty. But that was even like, I mean, there was nobody that was likable. That's why, that's why I, I was confused whether this was pro or anti-communist. Did you think that his daughter, Max's daughter, how old do you think she was in this movie? Do you think she was too old to be pregnant like that? She Wait. seemed like she was a little bit older. Didn't he say that was his kid once? Who was whose kid? Von Sydow. Didn't he like he he acted like it was his kid a couple times? No, that was his the grandkid. Yeah, I knew I, I knew it was like that. That's what they said. So you're saying I, that incestuously? Are I feel you, like he said that Jake said it once that it was his kid. Maybe I missed that. I don't know. I feel like he said once it was his kid. Kyle is dead. I thought that Kyle was the father. Well, I did too, but then I was maybe confused. it was like an immaculate res- in, <laughs> immaculate. Reception. Reception. <laughs> <laughs> Immaculate yeah. receptions are the ones with those cubes of pepper jack cheese. Mmm. <laughs> dead. Gala's dead. Um, 6.25. Well, she did slap that fucker, and it, they made a resounding slap because he's got that bald head. I tried to get a good screenshot of it, but her hand was moving too fast to get at the collision. So That would be a good uh, <laughs> fucking, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, we are point five, five. He scored it. <laughs> uh, let's take a break and come back and review another Ultimate Warrior movie. Firepower. Fire. We'll be right, we'll be right back. Yes, yes, if I had a podcast, I'd podcast in the morning, I'd podcast in the evening, all over the swamp. I'd talk about Hamlet, I'd talk about Amicus, I'd talk about every kind of wish in between, especially about meal coloring. Amicus.com All right, all right. 
All right. <sighs> Firepower, 1993. Sam, why don't you introduce the movie here? Oh, my God. Oh, I caught you with your pants down. Or you're not wearing pants. Uh, I'm not. I'm just sitting here fucking like, uh, <laughs> like, I guess like chimps do this, where they they just like they're not really you're not like jacking off or anything. You're not excited, but you just sit there and fumble around with your dick, like if you just had like something to fumble around with. And I was just flum fumbling. There comes a time in every child's life. When they first discover they're like they're, that, they have hands and feet, and you'll see babies yeah. do it. They like reach up and grab their feet and stuff, and then it kind of splits off because women go one way, and then boys discover their penis as soon after that, yeah. and it stays in their hand from pretty much then on, and whenever they have a chance. I always thought it was weird, and I used to laugh about this. Like every girl that I went out with, after you would get done having sex, and then you're just laying there beside each other, sweating and shit. Or, you know, they want to start snuggling. They want to just reach over and start, like, playing with your limp dick. Like, just flopping it around and just touching it. Yeah, it's it's just funny because they're like a mesmer. They're like, I guess that's kind of like penis envy. I don't know. Well, it's kind of like us with the tits. I mean, you know, you don't sit there squeezing your own tits all the time, but you definitely want to have a pair of tits in your hands. Well, speak for yourself, big boy. (laughs) Okay. In the year 2007... (laughs) Crime has risen at an exponential rate. Once highly populated metropoli, such as Los Angeles, are no longer inhabitable. These cities have transformed into hell zones ruled by violent street gangs. The hell zone, formerly called the zone of personal freedom, (laughs) is a safe haven for criminal warpaths. Criminal warpaths everywhere. This hell zone in L.A. is controlled by a criminal mastermind named Drexel. <laughs> we can stop uh, there. Okay, so, yeah, yeah hell zone in L.A. David Choi, he wrote, like, a book. So, basically, this movie is in a world where there's lots of crime. There's guys trying to stop lots of crime. And fake AIDS vaccines. Fake AIDS. Fake AIDS. Magic Johnson had. <laughs> um, this is a PM entertainment film. This is our first PM entertainment film. And in my opinion, they are one of the master companies at direct-to-video action movies. Um, no, I'd never even heard of them until we watched this movie. They, they've, done over, they've done maybe a couple hundred or maybe 150 or so just movies kind of like this. And uh, uh, if they didn't get... Uh, James Helwig, aka the Warrior, aka the swords, the Swordsman in this movie, um, they'd have something like Darren McBee or something like that. Um, Malibu. Uh, this also stars kind of a doughy Chad McQueen and and, uh, and Gary Daniels, who's anything but doughy, who was in Fist of the North Star, which was a pretty movie. Um, the um, I love Fist of the North Star, the the cartoon, which is why I might have had a problem with the live action. Gary Daniels. Um, so uh, he's going to be in the expend, or he was in the Expendables. Yeah, Did you know he was. That? I didn't know that. I don't know what he's going to be in it, but no, Wait, he was, in, in, the he was in the first one. I don't remember who he was. He probably got killed. He was a henchman. What the fuck know. else was he going to be? He can't do splits anymore. He can't. I doubt it. Neither can I. I can't either. Um, so the, you know, we've, we've covered some cage fighting 
films on this show before. James and I did off when we did uh, Cage and Cage Two. Cage, <laughs> and this is a similar kind of feel. That the it's like this overproduced underground fighting. Um, so the you know these two cops, Darren. Uh, Darren Braniff and Nick Sledge, uh, they get they get involved in it kind of undercover, um, pretty much trying to bust the the ring that is producing these fake AIDS vaccines that are that is now giving rise to AIDS again. Um, this film takes place in 2007, as Zom said, as, as opposed to 2012, um, and apparently uh, technology stopped developing in like 1994. So, <laughs> yeah. but what's really funny, there's a, so there's a call at the beginning and they, these futuristic cops, and I wish there was a part that came back later and I'll get to that in a second, but the cops in 2007 in this <coughs> dystopian Los Angeles, they drive minivans and, um, <laughs> there's a call on the radio for the lookout for a 1998 Chevy and why that's the call out when it's a fucking late seventies Camaro that's fucking painted like Zubaz <laughs> pants is beyond me. <laughs> Why don't oh they say God. a fucking zebra striped Camaro, not a nineteen ninety eight Chevy? But Purple apparently nineteen ninety eight Chevys look like late seventies models Camar- model Camaros. So fucking pigs. Never <laughs> but uh, you'll see. Th- this is going to come up uh, later in this show. But there was motorcycles with. Uh, rockets in this movie which is pretty cool the i was on board with this movie with the first 20 minutes because it is fucking non-stop the um and the what the part that i said would wish wish came back later there's a scene with chad mcqueen when he is there's a shootout behind a, a burned out car and he pulls out this fucking ridiculous gun with blinking lights on it and it's all it takes is one shot and he's like Gotta love those smart bullets. <laughs> it's like, it like turns a corner or something. They don't explain it, but that's the only time they use fucking smart bullets the whole movie. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to. They needed them later. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, I yeah guess they not. could have used one of those smart bullets when the when the uh, black girl was behind the filing cabinets and the guy was just systematically exactly. Shooting. And it was oh. getting closer and closer and closer. And they that fucker was just standing right out wide and in the open shooting at, the, at one of their friends, and they couldn't hit him. And then as soon as they killed her, like, then they there. decided, hey, there. let's kill this guy. Yeah. And they shot him like it was nothing. That was so fucking. Yeah. So the, the first 20 minutes of the film are basically they're a car chase, a fucking one of the biggest car explosions I've seen in a movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, smart bullets. And then a a not so elaborate but very uh, fiery prison escape with on a on an armored bus. <laughs> yeah, big bus. So this is the first twenty minutes of the movie, and it's fucking it's balls to the wall the entire time. Okay, I have a question. Okay. and they kind of they kind of have or kind of um, I guess dealt with this, but I can't remember what the deal was. There was a guy that was the guy they arrested at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and he kind of sort of looked like Polly Shore. <laughs> and when he, when the big jail escape took place, why did they leave him in the jail to come back to have to come back? You know, he said he was teaching him a lesson or something. It was stupid because he, then they wasted all this time to go back and get him yeah. and got people killed when they could have just let him out at that time. Yeah, I didn't understand that. He did. He didn't seem very important, but I get no. Maybe they just went back because they needed him to do that job with the flowers. 
Well, it's dumb. Um, but it's no, like, they didn't even know about that. Because remember, uh, he right, went and yeah. did it on kind of on his own. Hmm. I don't even know. It was. Um, I mean, I don't think that the plot holes. Anybody's really worried about that. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, when you get when we get um, Warrior coming in initially, the swordsman. Um, his fucking costume is amazing. He's wearing this like, you know, later in his career, uh, when he went to WCW. <laughs> this was. This was right before he went WCW, I think. Um, the, he he started doing the trench coat, like the the airbrush trench coat. Yeah. So in this one, he's almost it's like a sleeveless trench coat almost, but it's leather and it's studded and it's pretty amazing. <laughs> his fucking hair is just out of control. Oh, his hair looks so stupid. It's like John, <laughs> like John Bon Jovi hair. Oh, but it's so big. I think at one point we were mentioning when we first saw the poster to this that um, his arms and legs looked kind of skinny. They didn't look skinnier. as skinny in the in the movie itself. Well, I think it, I think that that's one of the reasons he started wearing the trench coat. I don't think his body. I don't think he was because when he was in WWF in his heyday, Jesus Christ, he was probably like close to three hundred pounds, all steroided up and everything. And I think he kind of got off a lot of the steroids, or at least cut down. Yeah. And I remember he said he tore his bicep, so oh. I think that's maybe why one of his arms might look a little bit smaller. But he looked like fucking a goof, man. I mean, with that hair. It's more the hair than anything else. His I hair mean, was and bigger that's just than a I'd sign of the times. Yeah. His hair yeah. was the biggest in the movie, and it was the biggest I think I'd ever seen his hair. And he fucking would tease his hair like crazy in WWE. Oh, my God. Day. He teased it. You know, he had like a fucking pick and the fucking thing of hair hairspray that he just. <laughs> uh. But the, now, fucking, the Aquanet was out in full force. They didn't let him t- talk hardly at all, if at all. Did he talk at just all? Just a little bit. He talked a little bit in the prison, and that was about it. Um, because he just, he just would just sit there. And I guess they thought that he could kind of just, you know. Look. It worked. It worked. And because he wasn't the he wasn't the brains. He wasn't the William Smith of the movie. He oh, was not. He was the uh he was the meat, the lead meat shield of of uh Oh, he's this. a horrible fighter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean he, he's amazing, quote unquote in the movie, but Well, it's kind of like uh I don't know why they called him the swordsman because you know, they could have just uh, gave him another name and just had his whole thing be that he was really super strong mm-hmm. because uh, he had no skills and his fighting style was basically <laughs> Hold his arms down to his side like like fucking two by fours that are just stiff, and then he would just bash you. But I mean, and he did a couple of headbutts. Yeah, oh, and the, I mean, and the, and the Andre knee smash. He loved the Andre knee smash. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly where he puts <laughs> their face on his knee and stomps it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that Chad McQueen, you got the, his buddy Sledge, who goes by the name Hammer. Um, <laughs> Chad McQueen with the name Alley Cat. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to pull off the Jean. He's trying to be like a second or third rate Jean Claude Van Damme doing the splits and all that shit. But uh, between chairs. But Chad McQueen, I was, uh, I thought it was funny. Okay, Steve McQueen's son, uh, and you know, I had seen him in a few things, and I kept thinking, I wonder what ever happened to him. But you know, he's not like a really good actor or anything, and he was just a baby when Steve McQueen died. But 
He he's so out of shape. He's got like skinny arms. He's kind of flabby. You didn't realize it at first because he's at the beginning of the film. Well, he's when wearing, he had the tank top on, you kind yeah, of, he's at the beginning. Funny. He's wearing like the armor and stuff, and he just looks like a cop or whatever. But yeah. he wears this like he wears like this like uh, L.A. gang like uh, head like bandana around his head, yeah. the wide headband like X Pac used to do all the time. <laughs> um, but the uh, but then it shows him the first time I knew something was up. They showed him in his house. Now, he has the most ridiculous house for a cop ever because it looks like a really bad, like, museum of modern art. <laughs> yeah. Because he's got this, like, you know those glass bricks that you see in, like, cheesy 80s, like, themed restaurants or whatever where you could put lights inside them and stuff? Yeah. His, his, like, workout room is walled with these glass bricks. And he's sitting there punching this punch of this big, like, body bag. And... He has like a sleeveless shirt on. I'm like, whoa, whoa, for an action star dude, he's like a little like uh, he's like shaped like, kind of like a potato. Like, yeah, tone up a little bit, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, well, what's funny he's, is he's the way like they, me. The way they cover it up is when they're going into the <laughs> octagon or whatever. They say new meat has to wear this blue shirt, and and, and it's like the sledge, only reason sledge is like I'm not new. Like fuck yeah, off, fuck, fuck off, get the shirt away from me. Check out this body, you know. <laughs> And then Chad McQueen is it's like, fuck, I'll put that fucker on. But, and all it is is like this baggy-ass blue fucking sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off. He looked like shit. And then he couldn't fight. I mean, he could, like, box maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But the fight scenes were – I mean, they weren't the best choreographed fight scenes. And then when he was in there, he looked like he was moving literally <laughs> in slow motion, even though they weren't doing it in slow motion. I didn't understand why this wasn't the other way around, why this wasn't more – uh, Gary Daniels' role. You know what I mean? Like it be- ended up being a a alley cat story as opposed to a hammer story. Well, I think because he's he's Steve McQueen's son. He was a big uh. name. That was the big name <laughs> of the movie. Uh. <laughs> I think I think James Helwig was the big name in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the there's Uzis all over the fucking place in this movie, which I look I got a good I got a good kick out of. But when I was a real young kid, I always wanted to get those fucking arm things like they wore in heavy metal that had the spikes all over them. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you thought, man, that'd be cool. Because if you got in a fight, you could just like you know, it's like you were ever going to get in a fight when you were twelve. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> throwing the, stars and shit, and nunchucks. Oh my god, they used to make it. It got really big when I was in elementary school to make. Uh, ninja stars out of paper Jesus. and dudes would like they <laughs> they take electrical tape and like tape them up so they got heavier and a dude this dude on the bus he was a fucking master at making these things he would make <laughs> not only ones with like four and five points on them he'd make ones with like 20 points on it and shit and he'd have them all taped up sometimes he'd even have like fucking nails in the points and everything what? Jesus! and he'd sell them for like a dollar which that was a lot of money back then when you're, <laughs> when you're like when you're like eight years old a dollar for a ninja star is pretty huge oh my god that's hilarious that was when my entire budget was going to fucking uh muscle men toys ninja stars and jolly ranchers nice <laughs> um Sweet. so uh and it's still kind of like that too yeah. um <laughs> The um, I, now there's a th- another scene still in the jailbreak at the beginning. They ca- they made it a point a few times to show that the way this one door unlocks by is by a cop putting his hand on this like thing that uh, reads oh. his 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 fingerprints or whatever. Now this guy gets blown away. 
and they need to get warrior out of i mean the swordsman out of prison sorry swordsman and um so instead of i thought they were just gonna the dude this this guy that looks like a barbarian brother <laughs> he's wearing a fucking tank top and he's got teased hair too uh worst gang ever it's <laughs> so bad um but it, i thought they were just gonna drag the dead cop over and use his hand on the thing but <laughs> fucking just take a shotgun and blow his hand off. yeah uh, that's uh, that's straight out of uh, <laughs> fucking RoboCop. Oh. There was a lot of parallels. In this, oh yeah, like, RoboCop and um, totally ripped off of RoboCop. Mad Max a little bit. Yep, yep. Um, the um, so after after the whole intro scene, they go to this amazing uh, club where the Death Ring is located, and this club, like I know, Sammy and uh, and Will would fall in love with this club because you got. You got this fucking ripped dude with feathered hair jamming on a keyboard. You've got uh, <laughs> this guy that looks like ravishing Rick Rude walking a dog. <laughs> list, listless go-go dancers. Listless go-go dancers. And this fucking like one mohawk dude they keep showing that had like the Zubaz print tattooed on his face. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How about the guy that had the black patch and instead of it being like a Nick Fury patch, he had it like bolt the patch bolted to his skull. He looked, he looked like a young Mari Povich. Oh, he had a good heart. Uh, he did. He did. Uh, he was kind of doing this like old sage kind of character, like he was like an old samurai. Uh but he put a, he had a fucking bolted on. And there was another dude with like uh, a metal Faceplate, kind of like the warlord used to wear. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that was like part of his skull. Like, he, and then the skin was just off of it. That would have been better. Like, like Texas Chainsaw Two when he picks yeah. up that metal plate. Yeah. Um, now the uh, the Death Ring is this. Uh, we talked about the octagon, but it's it's this electrified octagon cage. And the you know every movie that has one of these has they have to do something a little different. And the uh, the the kicker for this one is that. In every corner, there are these weapons that are magnetically stuck where they're supposed to – like what the audience assumes. Like the audience continues to make bets on the mo- on the match as it goes on and the, and the odds change depending on how it's going and, and what person gets which weapon. So as far as everybody – all the people that better are concerned, there's a computer that just randomly decides which fighter gets which weapon. And so it'll buzz – You'll hear a buzzer, and then the fighter will go over to that corner and grab whatever weapon just got unlocked off the magnet. And staff comes up a couple times, and I have no idea how a fucking wooden staff is supposed to stick to a... It was magnetized. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just rub magnets on it for a little while until it gets magnetized. Oh, there you go. But but what's really going on, I guess this is... It's not really a spoiler, but there's this, like... I guess a poor man's Lance Henriksen <laughs> behind the scenes kind of fixing all the fights and he unlocks the weapons or he tells this nerdy looking guy on a on, the computer. Ni- <laughs> on a 1993 Dell uh, or gateway <laughs> to uh, unlock the, the, um, the, the corners when he wants. And I was thinking, you know, when I said poor man's Lance Henriksen, I looked him up. His name is a guy named Joseph Ruskin. I'd seen him before. And he might actually be a rich man's <laughs> Lance Hendrickson because he's been in like over 150 things since like yeah. Because Lance Hendrickson was a rich man, he wouldn't be going to fucking horror house. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, there's a great acting by that dude with the metal faceplate. But what really stuck out in that scene is the fucking the audience. Like <laughs> the audience is 
a, a definite weak link because you get a, a lot of shots of them kind of yelling and stuff. Uh, this one really awkward dude, he's kind of just fist pumping and mouthing, come on, come on, over and over again. It's, it's, it's really bad looking. But um, the movie kind of slows down a little bit at this point because this is when Chad McQueen's story starts to kick in with his fucking naggy wife. Oh, his wife is horrible. <laughs> but fucking... This, it's some really hot licked family drama going on because it, whenever there's scenes with him arguing with his wife, you just hear this guitar in the background, like, <laughs> you know, the whole time, which is pretty ridiculous. And, um, so she, you know, if she's telling him she, he needs to quit and everything, he's like, I just got this one last job, one last job, sweetie. And, um, he's supposed to be Talked. in some behavior evaluation with his kid and he can't take the time off. I don't know what a behavior evaluation is, but. Um, do you think the Hell Zone looked like a like a hair video, like a Motley Crue video or something? Yes. <laughs> there's always Kiss fucking there's always fucking down. cars on fire. It looks like Doctor. It looks like the Doctor Feelgood video. <laughs> and um, Warrior had something tattooed on his right arm, and I was thinking maybe it was himself. I wasn't sure. <laughs> it, yeah, it, looked, it looked like a guy standing with his arms up. <laughs> It's and, actually um, probably a picture of fucking like uh, Newt Gingrich. <laughs> is he, is he, he's not a teabagger, is he? Fuck yeah, he is. Oh, no. Oh, didn't you ever see the video where he says gay's, gay or, or gay or gay and doesn't make the world work? Dad? Um. <laughs> oh, God, he's he's ridiculous. Um, oh, yuck. You know, I am kind of glad. <clears throat> I am kind of glad he was the swordsman. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten to ever in our lives see the ultimate warrior lick a katana after he stabs it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty awesome. The whole the whole blade lick was pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> well, here's my wife. Here's my uh my my uh my note. McQueen's wife is the worst. <laughs> um yeah, she was bad. You know with that blue shirt on, uh, did you ever play Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Did you make it to Mortal Kombat 3? Did you ever play that one? No, no, no. So they introduced this really shitty, like, riot cop character in Mortal Kombat 3 called Striker. And fucking McQueen looked like Striker because he, he wore, like, a big boss man type outfit. Yeah. <laughs> with it, and, like, his thing was, like, he had a nightstick. And I feel like that should have been, like, his thing <laughs> was, like, the magnetized you nightstick. Like you used to stick before. But um, it was cool he to see. He gave himself away. Because he used to stick. <laughs> it was good to see that Super Nintendo was still holding strong in 2007. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny when the kid, him and the kid were playing and his wife came in and give him shit. And then the, the, the wife still giving him shit and the t- calls the kid over whatever. If he would have just kept playing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, fuck, you know, whatever. Fuck, I'm playing fucking Madden here. Leave me alone. Yeah, go damn bitch. Um, Typical I liked one. I liked when his boss, when their boss yelled at them, like, get some sleep. You both look like a piece of fried shit. Yeah, fried shit. That I read that, that's in my notes. Fried um, shit. Yeah, we talked about Gary Daniels maintaining. He maintains this fucking split between two benches. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> He's hanging there for a good five minutes, <laughs> I guess, warming up. Um, but he definitely, uh, you know, Van Damme, got to say, Van Damme, when he does a split in a movie, it's really only once. Daniels brings it up a couple times. <laughs> I think he's got a leg up on VD. I don't know about that. On VD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But not if you have the AIDS, fake AIDS virus. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the AIDS virus, do they really need such a careful scientific process to make a fake vaccine? It's like, why weren't they just making like a similar colored liquid 
<laughs> I guess we're going. I guess we're going back to no glove, no love. <laughs> they had a Jesus Christ, you know, just because they had a fucking, uh, you know, AIDS or whatever. That <laughs> you're going around just fucking women with no rubber syphilis that you don't even know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, gonorrhea, syphilis. That's eh, all right. Chlamydia. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> let's get into your movies here because I fucking was in love with this for a long time with the movie. There's a few parts that drug, but I loved this shit. So I want to. I have a feeling that you weren't, a, you weren't a bit, as big a fan. I'm curious to see. They had low budget Enter the Void graphics at the beginning with the titles. <laughs> yeah. uh, very low budget. Um, let's see. D D D D D. I love that. Uh, what's his name had a ponytail, and that the boss kept telling him, "Get a haircut." <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty. I wonder how long that. I mean, to get a ponytail that long is uh, presumably he had not cut his hair in at least a couple years. So I wonder but how it, many fucking times this get a haircut conversation had come up. He kept it. He kept it in the ponytail the whole time. I'm surprised at least one time he didn't let it all hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And fucking show his locks. No, he did. He he cut did he? in the in. There's a fight in the death ring that he took his hair down. He let it all hang out. Yeah, and I. I don't know if I was just not paying attention. That fight where he takes his hair down, surprising it, that the end totally the the conclusion of that fight totally surprised me. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm not even going to go into it. Now I know what you're <laughs> talking. About. Um, I was like, "Holy shit! No, I didn't. I can't believe that happened." Okay, gas costs thirty dollars a liter. Um, <laughs> Maybe we changed the metric system by two thousand. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I already said that. <laughs> I, I hate fucking. There's a helicopter explosion. Oh, I yeah. don't know if that's the generic helicopter explosion they just show in every fucking movie. But it was pretty goddamn. Ex- it was pretty uh, explosive. That um, gun that he had. It was like the. It was like the the dude that it was shooting. It was like the ring gun from uh, that fucking Arnold movie. Yeah, yeah, where they would just shoot through the whole fucking wall and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, there was an ugly hooker she-male, which you posted the pictures of, and I can't believe you didn't even fucking mention it. Now, okay. That, was that a guy? That was it a guy, was a guy, it? but it wasn't the guy I was thinking of. There's a, The guy I'm thinking of, I, could not, I've, I have not been able to figure out his name, but he usually plays like a nerdy guy in movies, and he's got dark curly hair and a very similar like kind of pointy nose. Oh, and it's driving me crazy that I cannot figure out who he is or what he's been in. Fuck, I have no idea. Um Chop Saki action. Somebody said that. I think that's kind of racist. Uh, Chad McQueen looks like shit. <laughs> that's a note. That's a note. I actually took time to write that down. I, um, sledge to Alley Cat. Don't let him mess up your pretty face, pretty little face. Now, I thought that was kind of homoerotic. And there was another part that I thought was very homoerotic is while Sledge was getting off on fighting, um, what's his face? Alley Cat is he in was the goddamn bonding with this guy in the locker room. He goes over and approaches him like, hey, man, I saw your fight. Uh. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I thought that like if I was that guy, I'd be like, is this guy trying to pick me up? <laughs> because they didn't even know each other. And every time he turned around, he would bust his ass to go over and just start talking to this guy who looked like Roberto Duran. Um, hey, I saw your fight. You want to go for a beer? Um, now you said you said the fight choreography was pretty bad. But I thought some of it was pretty good. Like warrior stuff was is what it was. But you know some of the smaller guys, I thought I thought they were pretty 
they they seemed like they knew what they were doing. Spin well, kicks and I, I shit, think and that mostly when I when I was saying that was mostly McQueen and oh right Warrior because both of them you could I mean these other guys seemed like they were maybe martial artists and those two not martial artists. No 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 no, they were horrible. So anyway, that's all I have. I don't have any more notes. <laughs> um, you went over just about everything else. I uh, I thought this movie was really fun. Uh, this is. Um, I love the fucking hair. This is this is a this is a '90s action movie. If if if, if you like that, you'll like this movie. Um, when they, the death ring stuff does drag a little, I do like that they threw in the death part of it because you know the rules were stated like you have to win a certain number of fight normal fights before you could be promoted to fighting to the death level. That's when you earn the big money. And yeah, and Helwig was the king of the death ones because I thought he was the king of all of, of the whole thing, but then he wasn't even the champion. Yeah, well, he wasn't the champion of like the hand to hand one, but they yeah. probably I th- he was the he was related to that not related, but he was under that the the owner the Lance Henriksen looking guy, so he probably just plugged him in wherever he wanted, and. Um, but he had like he he'd won twelve matches, and now nobody had ever won twelve death matches. And obviously, you can't lose lose more than one. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought it was fun. It's very low budget, and there's lots of fucking explosions and stuff. And um, I like that I got to see Ultimate Warrior licking a katana and a Zubaz car. So um, I'm gonna give this uh, seven point two five out of ten. Wow. <laughs> Are you so well? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, fuck it. Seven point five out of ten. Jeez. No, seven point two five. I give it a uh, two. No. Yeah, you didn't it like was, it at all. It was just a bad movie. Well, yeah, but that was the fun of it. Nah, it wasn't fun. Oh man, you might you might not kinda, like kind of like Chinstroker versus Punter. Uh, I remember them having arguments, and I can't remember which one is which, but uh, the one guy saying, you know, I don't get this whole so bad it's good. He said if a movie's bad, it's just fucking bad. Now, I have seen movies that I thought that Enjoyable were so bad, bad. Good, but this was just a, a bad, just a shitty movie, shitty acting. <laughs> uh, it was but, just shitty. The only good parts was uh, the explosions. You didn't like? Did, did you like when Warrior rode off hanging out of the bus while he was he was like Rah! just yelling just, out and hanging out the side of a bus? He was bad. He was fucking horrible. Oh God! I would. I mean, honestly, God, after I, I thought he was fucking horrible. He looked like shit. He just that's was the just fun stupid. of it. Nah, it wasn't fun. Young, young Mari Povich, Samurai Master. Yeah. It was it was hard to get through. Oh my God. I was I fucking I shut it off a few times. Oh like, god, oh, bad. It was bad. All right, it'll be a while till I subject you to more PM entertainment then, because they're pretty much all on this bar. <laughs> it was bad, man. God. Ugh. All right, seven point five and a two. <laughs> um, oh. what, what do you prefer, uh, firepower or Paris, Texas? Firepower. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and come back and do... I wasn't going to bring that up. A little bit of feedback. Very little bit of feedback. And uh, wrap things up. We'll be right back. Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong, Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? 
Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcasts Without Honor and Humanity, the Internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarchus, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious, from a Sunny Chiba werewolf film to a splattergore atrocity, from Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website, podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor and Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor and Humanity a shot and get cultured. Flawless victory. In one voicemail this week. Yeah. Let's go find that, shall we? From a familiar voice here. You gotta turn the music down. And, whoops. Nothing but professionals here. Alright, here we go. Professionally. Is this the Silver and Gold Hotline? <laughs> Me and Butthead, uh, we just wanted to call and say that, uh, you're fuck! You're fuck! <laughs> yeah, you guys. Oh, this uh, Butthead. Uh, um, don't we actually like these guys, Butthead? Oh, yeah, those are the, uh, those are cool guys that talk about, like, nudity and racism. Yeah, racism. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but we, yeah, we, 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 we called, me and Butthead, we, um, we have a suggestion, um, why don't you guys review some porn? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> you guys are cool, and, and, and porn's cool, so, you know, if, if, and you combine them, and it's, it's, um, it, it, it's cool. Pretty sure fuck much. But, yeah, that's a pretty cool idea. Why don't you review some porn? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, whoa, you know, the ladies, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Davis. That's why you tell me to calm down. Now I, I need to imagine when you take your race, Beavis. No, no, I will slap you. No, no. I apologize. I had to slap Beavis. Um. So, uh, yeah. Um. Keep up the good work and uh. Yeah, yeah, poor. What? What? That was stupid. We should we should do some of that old like uh. Like the seventies kind of like fairy tale porn or something. I love porn. I know you do. I like but, old porn too. I like old porn too. Uh, but I don't like them hairy pussies. <laughs> the the furry B flaps. I don't like them hairy pussies. 
Uh, that's it for feedback. That was the worst feedback ever. <laughs> the worst feedback segment. Uh, thanks to Mikey for calling it in there. Wait, what? Um, so next week we're going to get back to our um, uh, silver and gold double feature. We haven't done one in a while. It's been it's been over twenty five episodes since we had a silver and gold double feature, a Henry Silva and Dolph Lundgren double feature. That is. Um, so we, uh, I put the call out on the Facebook group and it seems that, uh, I, I, it seems that I liked Martin TD, Martin, Ta-da! I liked Ta-da! his, his Ta-da! choice the best. Um, we have, uh, from 1990, the Dolph Lundgren movie, Dark Angel or I Come in Peace. Dark Angel. St- also starring, uh, nobody Mike else I know. Gibson. And, um, and then we're doing, uh, a Henry Silva flick, also starring Brian Barry Bostwick, not Brian Bostwick. Brian, Brian James. What's his name? Brian Bost Bosworth. Bosworth, yeah. And Michael Beck. Um, this is uh, nineteen. I like Michael Beck. Nineteen eighty two's Megaforce. And do Was yourself. Was he in the Warriors? He was. Yes. He was. Uh, do yourself a favor and go look at uh, Megaforce on IMDb. Uh, Barry Boswick's gold lame costume, what appears to be a very large penis stuck behind it, and a rolled headband and feathered hair with his beard is pretty incredible. So, yeah, that'll be next week. Megaforce and Dark Angel. We're so pretty, we're so pretty. Um, let's see. You can always send us feedback. We like feedback, especially from Beavis' butthead. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. 206-339-1600. Or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes or silverandgold.com. And um, actually, you know, check out Justin on Freaking Awesome Network. Um, he's getting ready to release his Moving Alia book soon. So uh, keep an eye on our Facebook group for that as well. So we'll, we'll plug that when it comes out for him. But um, our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash silverandgold. We had a slew of new members this week. So pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's about it. Zom, do you have anything else today, sir? Uh. Uh-uh. All right. Finish it early. I can take yeah. a nap before work, motherfucker. Uh, what? I don't know. Um. Cool. Well, until next time. This is loaf. Oot. Goodbye. <laughs> that beep was perfect. Bye. The beep. <laughs> <laughs>